What up, what up, Ricardo? This is the Spawn on Me podcast, the premier podcast spotlighting people of color in the gaming industry. I'm your host, Khalif Adams, and I'm ex- super excited to be rocking with all of you here in Chicago this week and every week. Massive amounts of love to you all at home doing your thing in podcast land, Twitch land, and everywhere else that we reside. Uh, super excited to be chilling here back at home. If you have been paying attention uh, to the work that's been getting done uh, over the past couple of weeks, you know that I was in Vegas last week over at the Dice Summit, uh, getting it done, making things happen, uh, meeting and greeting, rubbing some elbows, kissing some babies, all that good stuff uh, in the space. Um, and if you didn't get a chance to listen to the two exclusive interviews that we dropped this week on the feed you are missing out and you messed up hardcore we had stanley stanley pierre lewis who is the head of the esa that is aka the king grand poobah of e3 and also we had nick allen who is the svp of partnerships and esports over at loaded the folks who are rocking and making sure that um uh, ninja tinnitat man and ammunition are getting a checks uh so if you have not been paying attention to the stuff that they've been doing you are messing it all up uh in in your spaces so again thank you to everyone who has given us love for those shows because we've gotten some amazing feedback about all those and especially everybody who's rocking with us while we tape this bad boy live tonight on twitch uh we have some things to talk about towards the end of the show about next week on twitch as well Uh, because we have some big things coming for the end of Black History Month. But this week, I am super excited about the guests that we have coming and rocking with us this week, because if you've been paying attention to any of the stuff that's been going on in Black Twitter about Black History Month, and especially in gaming, in the gaming spaces, you know that this gent has been doing big, big things and pushing out amazing content, sharing out all the good work that we've been doing. And we get a chance to talk about that here this week. So, Without further ado, massive love and massive shout outs to our guest tonight, Marvin Bing, who's rocking with us from Hunting Park Hunting Park Studios. Super excited to be rocking with you, fam. I know that it has been a very busy, busy week for you, uh, and I'm excited to have you on with us this week. Uh, thank you so much for coming through, and, and thank you so much for being a part of the show this week. Hey, man, I'm super grateful. Um kudos to the work you've done actually the reason why i'm even furthering my my work in this space is because of people like you um one of the first people i researched and got noticed in this space was the work that you were doing and i love underdogs i love hidden heroes so um this is like a match made in heaven thank you man i like seriously i i definitely appreciate it. i know that we chatted offline a couple of months ago, actually, trying to figure out good ways to be able to chat and, and get together and figure out ways that we would be able to have you on the show and have these conversations. Yeah. So so I'm hyped just for the fact that, like, one, we get a chance to chop it up in front of in front of our family here in Chicago uh, and, and, and especially being able to showcase the stuff that you're doing and, and, and give you a, another platform with the folks that we have here in our community. Yeah. I want to first kind of dig into your background because I think we all come to gaming in different ways. We all kind of reach these spaces and get to them in, you know, various avenues. I know the route that I got into gaming is not the, the typical one at all. Right. Um, and and you from the from the research that I've done and, and and information that I found, you have also had a very different um, avenue to getting towards and talking about gaming. Can you let the folks at home kind of uh, get a gist of, of some of that background as well? Sure. Um, how much time we got? It's, it's, it's a little bit of a story. We got time, uh, fam. We got time. 
I think I, I guess I'll start out, you know, in the context of, you know, growing up, you know, especially in the hood, right? It's like you're either given a basketball, football, um, you know, they didn't have controllers back then, but I certainly was, you know, taken to my dad's arcade. And I think, you know, the love of gaming um, began with that, as well as like the little tiger handheld video games, you know, the little, you know, you get the little tiger handhelds. It's like one game you could play all day. Um, so that's where I actually fell in love with gaming since I was a child. Um, but, you know, bouncing parallel to that, like, you know, I grew up in the foster care system. Um, mm. I can't tell you how many countless foster homes that I was in, group homes. Um, you know, I met my father for the first time in prison. Uh, he was in prison when I first met my, my father. Um, you know, my mother passed away when I was four years old. Um, so growing up was a little crazy, you know, here and there, you know, um, my story is a microcosm of so many stories of, of young um, African-Americans, Latinos um, around around the world. Um, but I had a fortune, I had a fortunate um, chance encounter meeting a man by the name of Bill Lynch, who at mm. the time, um, I had no clue who this guy was. Uh, my father got out of prison and he started working for the mayor of Philadelphia. And um, of course, every city has different programs you can get involved with. And, you know, when I got out of juvie, yeah, I, uh, we can talk about that too later. I did some time in juvie. Um, yeah. He was like, you know, you need to you know, do something with your life and join this program. So at the time, you know, I, I only thing political that I knew was what the, my stuff my father was doing as a formerly incarcerated black man coming mm. home trying to fight for the rights to vote for people who were formerly incarcerated. Um, but the program I signed up for was uh, called the Children's Defense Fund and ran by a woman by the name of Mary Wright Edelman. And what they did and my first experience in the space was they gathered a bunch of black college students and they took them to the Alex Haley Farm in Tennessee and, <laughs> they, taught, and they taught them um, how to teach underprivileged young people that look like us uh, arithmetic and, and reading back into our neighborhoods that we come from and we live in. Um, super inspirational I, I mean outside of you know growing up in philadelphia traveling on the subway i've never been around that many black people in my life um, <laughs> no doubt and it's just so amazing just actually just you know seeing different black people from st louis chicago detroit oakland uh dallas uh you know boston and and how yep. different we are but yet we are sort of share the same intimacy of history um yeah. And love of our people and us trying to do the right thing and, and fight for what we believe in as a collective, even though we just met each other. So, you know, on the Alex Haley farm, I met a guy by the name of Bill Lynch. Mm. And again, I had no clue who this man was. Um, I was you know, amazed at all these cool, cultured <laughs> fashionistas and, you know... Uh, <laughs> You know, I you know I'm very energetic. So you know, a couple of people took notice of the energy, and um, Bill was one of those people. When he came up to me and said, "Hey, if you're ever in New York, give me a call. I love your energy." So again, and I didn't mm. know who this guy was. I went back to Philadelphia. You know, Dad, it was cool. Program was great. I kept in touch with a couple of people that I met, um, and then one day, you know, I'm sitting in Philadelphia, and I'm like, you know what? I'm I'm really not. I'm not satisfied with the life I have at the moment, and I took a chance. Um, a friend of mine that I met on the farm lived in Harlem and, you know, mm. I'm talking to her about, you know, everything I want to do. And she said, Hey, move to New York. I'm like, yeah, that sounds cool. Where I'm going to stay. She's like, stay with me. I'm like, bet. Um, <laughs> you know, I, 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 I packed my stuff and I, and I you know, hit I-95. I'm out. Um, so I, I finally got a chance to meet with Bill and, you know, come to find out, 
this is the guy who advised Nelson Mandela when he got released from jail in South Africa on his presidential Whoa. run, right? Wow. Um, this is the guy who brought Nelson Mandela to Yankee Stadium, right? This is the guy who advised Jesse Jackson when he ran for president in 88. Like, this dude is like Oof. the quintessential like black political mastermind behind a lot of black power movements that's happened through eighties, nineties, even in the you know two thousands. Um, and you know he put me right to work. Um, my my first political campaign um, was in Manhattan for a district attorney's race. Um, the gentleman who is currently the DA um, wasn't supposed to win at the time, um, but we kicked ass, excuse my language. <laughs> no, and, you can totally cuss on the show, and, you're good. And, and he won his uh, race and, you know, people start taking notice like, you know, damn, you know, the, the, the areas that I was responsible for, Central Harlem, West Harlem, East Harlem, some parts of Washington Heights, he did extremely well, um, even against not having the political endorsements that other candidates had that assumed that he would would uh, would win um yeah. so from there it's like oh shit who's this kid marvin bing and it's like bill's like it's my guy right and you know, <laughs> in that moment i start calling him my godfather um and, and he finally returned to love and called me his godson and um from there it's just been campaign after campaign um he passed away sadly um i'm still somewhat recovering from that because he he played such a larger than life figure in my life um, but without him, I wouldn't even be here talking to you today. It's, it's amazing to hear, like one of the things that I hear constantly from folks who are either, you know, games adjacent or not even games adjacent, just like folks who have gone through a lot of stuff in their early life yeah. and have, you know, um, persevered through those hardships and through those things. I also share one, a, a similar story in some ways where both of my parents were drug addicted. I didn't know either one of them until very, very late in my life. Um, and then even then it was still, you know, there was this disconnect between them and, and, and myself about, you know, where do you belong in that, in that mix? Right. How do you, you know, do I call you a parent? Do I call you all this stuff? It's like all those things, wow. you don't even have those things in that space, but those, those, those through, through stories of, perseverance and those people who who pluck you out of bad situations who see you and understand that you have worth and have those conversations with you in a real way and uplift you it's always so fantastic to see so many people who have those folks in their lives and I, and I, and I'm sorry and my condolences because I know that people like that mean very very much to to, to the folks who who have been influenced by them when you think about that relationship, when you think about, you know, the, the places where you started from and then kind of you're working in these places where you're working on campaigns and you're you're talking about social justice and the upliftment of, you know, the folks in the black community, you know, where was the spark for that thing? I, I feel like it's, it's not a thing that most people just automatically kind of reach for. But it is a thing that once you do find it, it feels like a lot of folks find lots of purpose within that, within those working working situations. Uh, no doubt. I mean, I think um, I was actually one of the lead organizers. Um, you know, I know, uh, you know, moving around to like the current political landscape, um, the issue of stop and frisk in New York City. Um, mm. I was actually one of the lead organizers against Mayor Bloomberg at the time. Um, when we actually this is me built, throwing up my fist for everybody we, who's listening we, in audio. <laughs> sure. When we um when we built this broad coalition, um, on the backs of countless generations of people 
working hard to end this. I mean, you know, a lot of people like to take credit for things when they're past and not recognizing there's a ton of people who aren't here or who are just tired of talking, who's done a lot of work to pave the way for you to be there. So I want to definitely give acknowledgement to that. But, you know, I think after that campaign, um, it, you know, we look in the mirror for different reasons at different moments in our life. Um, and I think after that campaign, when we ultimately um, ended the practice of stop and frisk, um, you know, I went home, um, I was on 122nd Street, and I just, I, I stopped and reflected for a minute and I said something to my inner self that broken crayons can still color, right? Mm. And I think that was sort of like the epitome of me just coming full circle with my own life saying, I've been through hell and back, right? Like, you don't understand people, you know, if you're not built a certain kind of way, that could break you mentally, spiritually, um, and still acknowledging I'm still broken, right? You know, you don't, mm. you don't, you don't outgrow what you've been through. You just find a polished way to pretend it doesn't exist currently. Um, yep. But certainly, I have my days <laughs> where it's like I'm, I have a bottle in my hand, and I'm like, what the fuck, right? Um, yeah. But I realize that broken crayons still do color, and I think that's the sort of spark that it doesn't matter what. I do professionally, whether it's political, social justice, government, um, now gaming, esports, it's that same tenacity that, you know, I'm always going to be counted out. I'm always going to face hardships. There's always going to be mountains in front of me. But, you know, I'm going to punch the mountain and split the Red Sea. I'm coming through. And it's not just like I'm coming through for me. You know, my, my, my mantra is if I can't come with the gang, I, I don't want to be there in the first place. And when I say gang, you know, just so people don't misconstrue what I mean, I'm not talking about, you know, some negative people that's looking to do harm. I'm talking about people like you, people like Aaron, um, and countless other African-Americans, Latinos, Asians, Native people, women who are fighting the same fights. And it's like the more and more I could chisel away at the mountain, it's the easier path for you to walk through. And that's just how I operate. I love hearing that because, and I'm happy that you touched on the kind of coalition, right? Because the coalition is the thing that gets everything done when it comes to the, to the end of the day, you know, like I was, Absolutely. um, I'm happy to also hear you talk about Bloomberg and stop and frisk stuff. Cause you, you, we already had the conversation last night. If you were watching Twitter, if you were paying attention to any of the stuff that happened on social media and especially the conversation around the debate, you know, the, you know, I am a product of the stop, the stop and frisk movement in, in New York when it was all happening. Right. You know, there are so many countless people whose lives were forever changed by right. the policing structures within New York system, within New York city and across the, the nation and across the world. Right. The, the, the thing that I want to dig into a little bit is <clears throat> When you talk about those coalitions, and this will bridge directly into some of the conversations around around the gaming parts of it, but the the thing I love about you know I'm going to say our people, I'm going to say you know this is talking about the coalition, right? But is we are always trying to figure out good ways that we can break down systems, try to uplift our folks, and and try to figure out good ways to um push forward as as a collective. Right. The one thing that is the blessing and the curse of, I will say, the progressive slash liberal side of the fence is that sometimes we're all trying to get through this one door to make sure that progress is happening. But on the on the same end, we wind up shooting ourselves in the backs with arrows. Right. No doubt. right. Because we all are coming to it with the um, want to make sure that the larger group is always uh, put in a good space. We also have our micro groups where we're all looking for uh, things that are the most close to us. 
when you think about the coalition building that you were working on with the folks in the political realm, right. what were some of the, the hardest things to um, kind of figure out ways to get folks to coalesce around uh, a topic or coalesce around an issue that were the binding parts of it? Because I feel like there's a huge amount of conversation now within the black gaming community about right. How do we figure out good ways to make sure that everyone has a seat at the table? And right. even when we don't have a seat at the table, the folks who do are doing the work that hopefully will benefit everybody else. Ooh, that's, um, that's a good question. That was um, a long ass question, my fault. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. But and some people aren't gonna like the answer because it's probably true for them, right? Um, hmm. In any coalition, it's never easy building a coalition. Let me start there. No matter what the issue is, no matter what the the project or campaign is, um, mm. and I think that the hardest part in building a coalition is to get everyone to focus on the goal, um, mm. and then and then understand that you know it's just like a basketball or football team. Everybody can't be the quarterback. Everybody right. can't be the running back. Somebody right. got to block for the running back. Right. Somebody got to catch the ball. Right. Somebody got to play tight end. Somebody got to be on the O-line and make sure the quarterback can actually get the ball to the receiver so they can get the points and get the touchdown, right? And, you know, some people, when they join coalitions, you know, it, it, it may sound good, it may feel good, but their ultimate goal isn't really to help the coalition progress to the goal. It's to try to figure out how to leverage themselves in that coalition so they can come out on top and be the star, right? Yeah. And, and, and sometimes that's fine. If the coalition, if everybody in the coalition agrees that, your mission is in parallel to the goal of the coalition and that you're trying to ascend to whatever place you're trying to ascend, fine. But uh, oftentimes you get individuals, right, who, you know, wolf in sheep's clothing, right? Like, oh, we're going we gonna to fight this fight. We're going to storm the <laughs> castle. We're going we gonna to storm the castle. And as soon as we get through the castle door, they slam the door and lock it. And they're just happy with them being at the table. No, that that's not it, right? <laughs> that's not it because you know any any system that's been built, and this is political gaming, um, the marijuana industry that's now profitable when millions of lives have been destroyed and people are still sitting in prison for selling a nickel bag, and other folks are getting rich off selling nickel bags. Um, you know, just because they're Oof. legally passed, right? So it's it's the same thing with gaming, right? You know, and again, I haven't. I haven't been in a space that long to critique anyone that is in this space. Um, sure. But certainly coming from political world and social justice world, you know, it becomes celebritized, right? The work becomes mm. celebritized and it's no longer about the work. It's about, well, this person tweeted that and that person should walk during fashion week. Well, what about the innocent mm -hmm. young man who just was killed by the police or, you know, what about this, you know, young lady who was, you know, domestically assaulted? Um, you know, it doesn't become about the actual issue that we came to the coalition to fight for in the first place. It becomes more about how cool or famous this one person is. And that person is now trying to figure out how to leverage a brand instead of trying to figure mm. out how to elevate a community. Right. And again, it's tough. Right. Because, you know, we're all put in positions. Um, and if we're successful enough, we're always going to be put in a position where we're going to have to make that decision at some point in all of our careers, because there's people who always try to separate the head from the body. 
right? Um, and, oh, and, and, that's, and, and that's a real thing, right? And it's not, <laughs> it's you know, so real. Ain't nobody gonna sit here and be like, hey, they, they gave me an offer and told me you couldn't come, right? Because right. they're trying to figure out how to, you know, to get themselves in the door. I will yeah. say this, however, if you <clears throat> have a plan and in the coalition, in the goal, like, let's say we want to elevate you and, you know, we're going to make you the senior vice president at Riot Games. And I mean, mm. I mean, this is not a real thing. This is just purely hypothetical. Um, sure. I've only mentioned Riot Games because, you know, I've just been paying attention to a lot of League of Legends stuff today. So, um, yeah. if you like, listen, once I get in, of course, now as senior vice president, you have access to all the career opportunities, all the internship opportunities, all the different experiential pr- activations and programs that they're going to be doing, all the brand activations. You know, you could bring different people along in different spaces, you know, but if you go into that space and then you act like that coalition isn't the reason why you got there or, you know, you pull a Tiger Woods and say, you know, you're, you're not black, <laughs> you're, you're blazing, right? You know, like I'm not black. What do you mean, me black? Like, you know, th- then, oh. and we we've all lost, including you, because you may enjoy your moment in the sun. But you know, a famous poet named is Jay Z once said, "The same sword they knight you with, they go on a good night you with." And this is mm. half if they like you. That's just true, and it's always been true, and it always will be true. The the that just that was I could probably just stop the show right there, and that'd be it. It'd be like <laughs> bars, and then just dip out. Uh, you said real talk. You said real talk. I, we, we this, doing I, this. I need an emote that just was like bars. <laughs> um, but but the thing I and, and you're absolutely right, right? It's like, <clears throat> and we've seen it through, across every movement that has ever been a movement, right? No Where no folks who are um, not in the door are looking at the folks who got in the door, mad that they got in the door, and then trying to figure out right. like, yo, I've been doing the work and no one is looking at the stuff that I've been doing. I feel like there's a, right. I mean, there's an interesting spot in there too, right? Where it's like, no doubt. Um, no doubt. with anything, like with fame, it's luck, yeah. it's networking, it's, you know, right place, right time, plus skills, plus all the other things that go along with it. I know for damn sure, and I'll toot my own horn here, is like, I know that there are no other shows doing the work that we do in the way that we do with the quality that we have. And we are forever left off mad lists when it comes to like top black podcast, the top gaming, blah, blah, blah. Like we get left off the stuff all the time. Do I get salty? Fuck yeah, I get salty. I get salty about that stuff all the time because I know how much work goes into making a show dope and building it and doing all the stuff. But it never stops me from keeping that door open and taking people with me. And I think that that's the part of the, the, the conversation that I think a lot of people get twisted is even if you don't get in, don't poop on the, on the people who got in because you can use those people as the leverage, as the levers that kind of get things pushed. Right. right? Right. You know what it's like to do that work when you're, when you're dealing with, a political campaign when you're dealing with raising funds for a project when you're doing that thing uh, when you're trying to uh figure out good ways to balance the political with the with the need of of the industry with the need of you know the outfit that you run with the need for the outfit that the people that are right. aligned with that thing we right. all wear masks right. we all have to play the role at some point and try to figure out good ways that right. we can get in where we fit in and I, and I even I even add I mean not yeah. to cut you off I even add to that right you know and 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 I'm gonna give you a personal you know I hate hypotheticals as much as I can yeah. avoid them so thank God I have a personal story to add to the conversation yeah. right now 
you know, I was um I was the creative director at Amnesty International, the largest human rights organization in the world. Um, first African American in that space. Worked for the first Black executive director of the U.S. section of Amnesty International, which is the largest section um, outside of the U.K. Um, section of the Amnesty Universe. And you know, I've never been a creative director. I mean, I've been creative, but I, you know, you know, we give a bunch of different cool titles to different things that we've always done these <laughs> yeah. days, right? So it's like I'm the creative director at Amnesty. Cool. And that's opened up plenty of doors. Um, one thing I started doing, uh, or that I wanted to do, was how do you sort of use visual art to tell stories mm-hmm. around human rights and social justice issues? And I'm not saying I'm the first person to do it, let alone first African-American to do it. But I was the first person at in the space I was in at Amnesty that had a, an idea to do it in a way that it hadn't been done at Amnesty in a very long mm. time. Um we was in Ferguson. I'll never forget. Uh, we were in Ferguson when when, when uh, the, the fight for Mike Brown was happening. I'm not talking about after the verdict when everybody came to take selfies and it was just cool to be in Ferguson. Yeah. I'm talking about when the, when the stepfather was on CNN holding a sign, we were on the plane the next day to Ferguson, right? Um, when it was like dogs getting sick on you, shotguns out, like it was real. And um, I made a call to a gentleman. I won't put his name out there. Um you know, because I've let bygones be bygones. I'm saying, hey, brother, we should do this project called Manifest Justice. And we should talk about, get all these artists together to amplify everything that we're dealing with. Police brutality, racial injustice, um, you know, education, the fact that more kids are going to, pr- prisons are being built in schools, everything. And he's like, yo, this is dope, yep. right? And this is where I've learned my first hard lesson into like what we're talking about. You know, sometimes... The door can be kicked open, mm. but sometimes we ain't ready to walk through it mm. because of lack of knowledge, mm-hmm. right? Lack of education, um, lack of confidence, right? Or you just you lazy and you just ain't ready for that space. Yeah. Um, in my case, I didn't understand at the time when you have a creative idea that you know is probably going to strike gold, trademark mm. it, one. Two, um, make sure some attorneys are more than just you and the person talking know that you're transferring this information to this individual because people monetize ideas. You know, a friend a, f- a friend told me two years ago, stop going to lunch and having conversations about projects. People should sign an NDA before you go to lunch because that lunch meeting you're having, you're exchanging million-dollar ideas, and there's no guarantee that, that person's going to cut you in on when they go get the million sure. dollars, right? So I learned a crazy hard lesson. We have the event. We put in resources from Amnesty. That person raised some money from external uh, 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 places and people. Next thing I know, he's on the news. This person is the leader of Manifest Justice. Oh, I'm sitting there like, man. like what? Like it's cool, right? But you know, you know, it doesn't help that I'm rough around the edges. But I'm always going to remain the same way. I don't care. I don't wear suits. I don't do none of that. Except me as I am, or you just, you know, we're not at the same table. And, you know, again, you know, moving forward in that same conversation, I did a big art show for Usher. Um, he released a song called Chains with Nas around, you know, criminal justice reform and, and, and gun violence. And um, I brought a bunch of people to the table. Um, I know what I know. I know what I don't know. And, and again, uh, this particular individual created a whole company based off of the stuff I introduced him to. But again, you know, for years I was bitter, angry. But then about a year ago, I said I wasn't ready. Mm. I wasn't ready to, to, to manifest myself into the very thing that I created myself. So I can't be upset that someone saw the value in it and manifested for themselves. Um, 
and I forgave that person. We talked, but to your point, like there's so many different, you know, we see people go through these doors that we feel like we should be also in, but sometimes we ain't ready. But but sometimes it's some shady shit that's happened. <laughs> the reason why you ain't in that door, <laughs> but to your point, you can't get upset and give up on yourself because you know, if it's one person that believes in what you're doing, it's worth continuing. Oh, right. Yeah. And, um, I'm sure that happens each and every day, especially in the budding esports and gaming space. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah, you you have hit the nail on the head with that for sure. And I've been dropping gems ever since you picked up the microphone on this episode. Um, we're yeah. gonna take a quick break because we passed the thirty minute sure. mark. Um, when we come back from the break, we're gonna dig into all the esports stuff. We're gonna talk about yep. uh, Black Gamer Month and a whole bunch of other stuff that you've been working on. No doubt. Everybody at home here on Twitch Land, Podcast Land, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back after this. Chicago, Chicago. If you are not paying attention to the first half of the show that we are recording right now, you are out of your mind. Marvin is dropping massive gems on all y'all's heads, and you're not catching it because you missed the first half of the show. Go back, listen to the first half, catch up, get on the second half, get on your job, and make it happen. Um, again, Marvin, the one of the things that I'm really interested in. Um, and I, I feel like you have a very specific expertise towards uh, talking about this is one of the themes of this year uh, for us at Spawn on Me is black empowerment, right? Um, oh, it's a thing that I've been thinking about a lot. Uh, one of the things I kind of brought up when I was at Dice this year, um, they had these roundtable sessions and 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 people kind of come to those and you have a hypothesis or a question or, or a theme and you talk about that thing with the folks in the gaming industry and you build that up. One of the conversations I had was around the brown dollar in gaming, right? And the hypothesis was, if you took all the brown folks, all the marginalized folks, all the POC folks, and you snatched up all their dough, you took it out of the gaming ecosystem for a year, how would that impact gaming, right? I have some tertiary numbers that I that that, that are you know not full because no one has done the work to do that. But the reason I bring that up is because I know that you've worked in multiple spaces where the conversation around black money and black worth are always connected. Right. We've seen the conversations we've seen, you know, the the quote unquote, everybody uses it, the Black Panther effect of what it means for hip hop culture, for black culture, which is again, I, I say this every week, which is the dominant predominant culture that moves everything else. How do we figure out good ways to showcase that stuff in the in the work that we're doing? 
I'm curious to hear your thoughts about how um, the work that you've done in previous spaces has kind of enlightened you about the power of, of that brown dollar in real ways. Uh, absolutely. So, um, and many times I, I was trying to find uh, political solutions to some of the uh, injustice that, that we've seen or faced. Um, we always, as part of the solution roundtable, we always, always end up back at the same place. The power of the black mm-hmm. dollar, the power of the black consumer. Um, if, if we're upset about housing discrimination and we're upset about gentrification and we're upset about uh police misconduct and we're upset about uh failing schools the conditions of the schools the resources being taken out of the public schools like what can you do to shine a light um there's the 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 op-ed game where everyone just writes op-eds and think pieces um there's a piece where you know you march and protest and all those things sort of add to the solution roundtable um a friend of mine tamika mallory more like a sister um much more than a friend a sister um she always always brings it back to the power of black mm-hmm. dollar and if african-americans and latino any ethnic group withholds their dollar from these major corporations you certainly will see any change that you want to see. Um, It hasn't been done (laughs) in recent memory um, to the effect that we make that kind of impact. It's been tried. There's been small dents. Um, Of course, I'm never going to take any credit away from those who have tried it, but as a collective, um, we have not been successfully able to Mm. do that. Um, And even how you think about jumping over to the gaming space, one thing I've noticed, I can't tell you how many times I've been in a neighborhood in 2K and um, thousands of gamers are in the store spending VC money, whether it be earned um, or they're using their own money or mom and dad's money or grandmom and grandpa's money or cousin, brother, sister, uncle, uh, homie money to buy VC, to buy the latest skins, sneakers, shirt, um, you know, not, not from Fortnite to you name the game, um, urban gamers, um, black gamers, Latino gamers, uh, Asian, you know, native gamers are always spinning that coin mm-hmm. um, to look the freshest character. The co- you know, every week in Destiny, I, I, I'm spending money buying whatever's in the damn store. Eververse, right? <laughs> right? You know, I'm buying. It doesn't matter if I'm gonna use the emote or not. I, I'm just buying yep. it, right? And, um, and, and it's just again, it, it goes to show you that you know, without uh, us, pretty much anything consumer based is never going to be successful. Yeah. And, and that and that sort of leads into you know the whole point of even why I jumped into space. The way I'm jumping into the space is, you know that that has to end, right? And you know, I, you know, a friend of mine, Joe Fresh Goods, you know, big fashion designer out of Chicago, he came out with a shirt around last year around the whole debacle with Gucci. Oh yeah, and he he did a knockoff Gucci shirt, and he put. Uh, Add diversity and inclusion, and everybody forgets over top of the Gucci <laughs> label, right? And, 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 it's like, and it's like that happens a lot, right? It's like you add the word diversity and inclusion, and it's like that's the mushroom that grows Mario, and that's that's not always the case because you know. And, and I tried to jump into it in cheddar. I just didn't have enough time. But you know, we got to move beyond this idea. Of we just want to sit at the table. No. 
we want equity ownership, mm-hmm. right? You know, I mean, you know, uh, it, it, of course, diversity and inclusion is important, but that's step right. one. That's not right. the final step, right. right? And until we sort of understand, like, any esports league, any gaming company should be required. Like, think about NFL and the Rooney mm-hmm. Rule, which is not perfect and needs so much more added to it. But, like, why couldn't there be some sort of rule with esports league? If you don't have a minority as a part owner or a minority that has equity in your business, you can't even get a team. You can't join this league. Like, how, how you know, I'm tired of looking at these esports teams as it's just all one race. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I'm sick to my stomach, yep. right? And it's like, I don't want to see black people just as fans. I don't want to see black people just holding a camera, right. right? We're so much more. We do so many more things. You know, listen, I may get in trouble for this, but you know what? Hey, I will take a bunch of urban gamers. Yep. With the craziest gamer tags that you probably can't pronounce and <laughs> probably got some crazy stuff in it versus any of these mainstream. East, I, I, I'm telling you, like these kids in our communities are like wizards. Like these are kids who are figuring this stuff out at five and six. You know, my little brother be beating my ass in <laughs> games. I'd be like, how is this possible? Like, I've been to every college you can name. I've been around all these important people having all these deep-ass conversations about all this social, political shit happening around mm-hmm. the world. And you just wiped the floor with me in this yeah. game. So, again, it's like, you know, until we start having a different kind of conversation around diversity and inclusion, I think we're just going to be spinning the wheels. I, man, I, I can put it. I, I need another emo. I need a preach emo now. <laughs> After the bars emote, um, because it, it 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 frustrates me to no end, right? Where it's like I know and I see it every time, and and I'm sure you do this too at this point, right? Like, no matter what new thing starts, no matter what new opportunity pops itself up, because we always see these inflection points where you'll have. You know, no one in the space for a while. Then the space starts to get a little hot and then the space gets a little bit hotter. And then you see various things that kind of pop themselves into those spaces to let you know that something is about to turn a corner. Right. You remember in the wow. early 90s and early, you know, late 80s, the conversation around professional athletes and ownership because everyone was going broke. Everyone was like, yo, you need to go franchise and get a franchise business. Go get a restaurant, go get a a car wash, go get a thing, you know, then that moved in the, in the past five to seven years. Now the new hotness is esports teams. And we see celebrities jumping into that space. We see Drake doing that thing. I'm mad at you, Drake, because you caused the ninja thing to happen. Anyway, the, (laughs) the, well, I'm I'm mad at him for two reasons that and instead of investing all your money into the esports team that you did, there's no reason you couldn't find a bunch of people who look like you from Canada and help them build their own brand and own esports team. But we'll get into I that later. I just hit the clip button again. But, the, <laughs> but, the, but, the, but the, yes, and, and, and I totally agree with that. That's another part of the conversation, right? Where it feels like you have so many folks with capital who are not looking inward into the community for folks who know. And are uh, right. interestingly enough, going with the brand that they just see and saying, oh, we right. know these cats are doing stuff and we know that they hot. Other people are paying attention. They right. got a whole bunch of YouTube views or they got a whole bunch of IG views. So let's yeah. let my manager go be the person who does the research to do that thing. And then we put some money into it. Right. 
I'm yep. always frustrated and I always go through the process of being like, let me look down the roster. I remember looking at the Call of Duty rosters for uh, Call of Duty, Call of Duty's league this year. Very few brown people. Uh, and, and it's, and it's right. interesting enough where it's like the ambi- ambi- ambiguity between like, you can look at a last name and hope or you can look at it. You can look at a face and see. Right. And I'm like, oh, well, you have a, a name that sounds like it may be Latino. I have a Latin, a Latin uh, base or something like that. But I don't know. And nobody promotes yeah. it. Right. Nobody promotes so it. So right. what's right. the in the esports space? We see the outliers, right? We see where, and, and you're doing great work with spotlighting these folks. And we're going to talk about it in a second when it comes to Black Gamer Month, where you have folks like uh, Quita, who is the, the first woman in the 2K League. You have folks like Erin, uh, uh, who's working over at Cheddar and doing great things in that space. Um, right. And you have all these other folks who, who you showcased and things. When you're having these initial conversations with folks directly in the esports space, about seeing more of us in those rooms. What are some of the conversations that you're having and what are some of the things that you're hearing? I mean, it's it's not an easy conversation. It's not comfortable because folks feel like, you know, even when you look at a, you know, and again, this is no knock to any, I respect the grind of every esports organization that's out here grinding, understanding the future and seizing the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think it says something like, you, if you go to a 100 Thieves stream, Right, they're playing rap music. Yep. They're wearing urban yep. gear, right? They're using urban slang, right? Yep. And it's like all you see is avalanche. Mm. And it's like, you know, and that's cool. I rock with avalanche. Support him one hundred percent. We featured yep. him, right? But like, when you talk about the business around it, right. you don't see us at right. all. Yeah, you may have Michael B. Jordan who invested in the AM box to the person who co-owns the Mets. That was supposed to be sarcastic, uh-huh. right? Mm-hmm. But. But but outside of that, it's like, you know, some folks are scared because like, well, if we speak out and if we raise our voices, they're gonna box they're gonna box us out. They're gonna block mm. us out. Then you have the people that are at the table, back to our earlier conversation about people who get to the table, and they they are scared to speak out because they don't want to get removed from the table that they forced hard to be at in the first right. place. That's the whole scheme of separate the head from the right. body, right? And it's like until we all like it, again back to the coalition conversation back to any social justice movement like until we draw the line in the sand and say and, and shout out to the sister who is actually the commissioner for the call of duty yes. league um much respect and praise yep. to her um but until we draw a line in the sand and say you know unless it's a real in, in, inclusivity shouldn't just be a, a, a term on a piece of paper that gets emailed around and sent through uh you know, departments and, and and general counsel's offices as as a checkbox, and it's just one. No, inclusive is everything on 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 screen, behind the screen, content creation, social media, ownership, right? Um, marketing, mm-hmm. right? Even how you, you know the stories that you put around your players, right? Where's our stories? Because I'm pretty sure all those gamers. I mean, again, I could be so wrong. And I welcome the critique if I am. Like, if you take some of them teams who players who all look the same, I'm pretty sure their their stories aren't that very, very, very right. different. But if you put a mosaic around your brand and your program and your team, the beauty of those stories, like, will do wonders for even a brand perspective, right? You know, I mean, you know, it, 
equity and equality sells now, right? right? <laughs> Talk to Disney. Right. You know right. what I'm saying? Holla Disney. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's cool. It's, it's financial rewarding to tell black yes. stories. Like, I don't understand why esports didn't get that right. memo. Like, shout out to Black Panther. I'm just saying, it's like, you know, but beyond the dollar that you can get from telling black stories, it's just the right thing to do. And again, shout out to Ninja. But if it wasn't for Travis Scott, Drake, and other people, we may not, Ninja may not be where he is today. Like, I'm just keeping it 1,000, oh, yeah. right? You know, like, like celebrity culture, which is hip-hop culture, yep. um, without that influence on gaming, a lot of people we see as celebrity gamers wouldn't be there, right? And I'm saying pay respects to that, right? And open up the door deeper than that because there are black gamers that even come behind that that are probably just as good as they got a chance. Think about this. The conversation around Ninja, because there's a, there's a story that goes along that where, you know, some mutual friends, I was in a room when that whole thing went down. Uh, so I remember the day that it happened. Um, but the conversation I remember, and this is very specific, was one in which there were two folks in the top of the uh, Fortnite uh, community at, at, at one point it was ninja and ninja was kind of the first person to kind of like really put Fortnite in a space where people were paying attention to it in a real way True. but his skills were diminishing True. because he's an old he's a little bit older in the space in comparison to most uh-huh. of the folks who were playing and i remember specifically uh-huh. shout out to my fam to the cat out there tsm myth shout out to myth who at the time was better than ninja and changed the way people played the game. Literally changed the way people played Fortnite. And he is not caking the same way that Ninja is caking. At all. He should be, but he's not. Sure, he got picked up by TSM. Sure, he got picked up by a whole... but but he, And he's doing stuff with Twitch and got banners and stuff all there. And, and, it, and it was one of those things that I think about all the time where I'm like... I'm not going to specifically say that it was that it was just about race, but it is very specifically interesting because he is better than that cat who was playing, who had a better marketing team than he did. Wow. He had a better squad behind him in that respect because his wife is yeah. kicking ass in terms of doing yeah, and building no. him up into a brand. But if we want to talk Child about the like awesome. effort to fame ratio, he he right. was and probably still is better than Ninja in terms of playing that game. That's a part of the conversation that's alongside all those things as well. Absolutely. I mean, it's listen, I I I, I mean, I'm pretty sure it's in relation to gaming and politics. I mean, you know, when there's an open seat, whether city council, assembly, state rep, there's always a conversation of like who should we pick to fill that right. seat? <laughs> <laughs> who can we get? Who can we get behind? Right, right. right? And it's like it's not the person who's done the most work, who's the most actually talented, who actually wants to do the most work for the community, who looks good in a suit, who speaks well mm-hmm. on TV, who you know whose record isn't as checkered as the next person, like, who's clean, mm-hmm. right? That's who we got to get behind because that person that did in the long run is more, and we have a greater return, right? And and some parts of me I understand sure. that. Some parts of me, I'm disgusted yep. by it because, again, like broken crayons still mm. color, right? And, mm. and we forget that, you know, I'm pretty sure Ninja had worked hard, yeah. right? Grinded. And I know his wife has done the debt. Without his wife, you know, like we don't know she, Ninja. She, right? she is the brains um, of that outfit for sure. The brains of the whole outfit, yeah. right? Um, 
But at some point, even when she goes to like a brand and a brand is like, okay, we're going to take Ninja in and we're going to like build all these products and messages around him as a brand that's helping our brand sell a product. Mm -hmm. Right. Cause that's what it always is about. And, and that's cool. I, I support yep. that. Where's the person on the brand side? Where's the person on the marketing side is saying, Hey, why don't Ninja do a stream with the person who you just mentioned? Cause again, the, you can lift two boats and it won't sink your tide. Right. And I don't understand the mythology that it, like it has to be one, or it, it, it can't be more than one, right? And, and and that's the mentality of a lot of people across genres, across social career. I mean, it, everyone thinks that same way, yep. right? We only we, we can only take one yep. of you, right? And it's like there's no diversity even in the thought of like more than one. Especially, you know, if, if I'm Adidas and it's you know, no no knock to Adidas, I'm, I'm a Nike Jordan dude. No knock to Adidas, I love Nike. I wear sure. Yeezys facts <laughs> um but it's like like i want to build a story around not just ninja at this point like i understand you have to get ninja to a point where he's good for the brand but we're, we're, we're past that point where's the deeper dive into like okay ninja who do you want to elevate who do you want to bring into right. the space right and then just sitting there like yo i'm not doing i want to do this ad campaign with the person you mentioned I want to do this ad campaign with the top Latino Fortnite, -er, right? I want to do this campaign with the top native Fortnite yeah. player, or it doesn't even have to be a Fortnite player. It could just be any, anybody in the space, but and, and that's what leadership is. Well, that's right? the thing. So they, like, don't, they don't want you, that. You, get, you don't want that. They don't, of course they don't want that. Well, I mean, again, maybe they do, but we, we, we take these people, we take these moments and we, we forget to add leadership development into the mm. equation of all this marketing talk, right? And their leadership development is, you know, say this on camera. Don't do that. Don't get seen with that person. Show up here on time, right? That's leadership development, but that's all wrong, mm. right? It's Ninja. Who do you want to bring into the space? Got, who do you want to elevate? Who do you want to, even if you create, and, and, I, and I'm seeing it a lot with esports e companies to develop in these academies, which I'm still super critical of because I still don't see a lot of us in those academies as the next gen pool of players that can have the potential to make the esports competitive team. Um, but like, where's that at, right? Where's these pipelines? And like, even with the pipelines, the one thing I found the access to information, right? Like, you assume that people are on social media, you know, that there's a 2K tournament. People assume that you know that Apex Legends is hosted regional and you can get in there and win $500 chance to and do more good work in your craft, right? So it goes hand in hand, like access to information and just being the leaders and saying that, you know, we need to diversify this effort that we're a part of. Yeah. I mean, we have that conversation here on the show and, and in, in our black gaming spaces about the, the idea around the Negro Highlander. It, it, it how that can be how that's like always in that space and it's always there but it is it is really interesting i'm happy you brought up that point about the ability for folks who have gotten to that particular part you're at the pinnacle of the game right now and we see it and we yeah. see and there's another conversation that we can have at some point down the line about um not I, i'm not even going to call it clicks right because clicks are, are part of the conversation in any form of of social setting right but it's this idea around um, that being brand safe, right? And that right, part being right. brand safe is where we see, you know, folks like 
um, Dr. Lupo and Tim the Tapman and all these other folks, they only really play with each other, which is a whole other conversation. It's like I remember this fantastic article that Patrick Klepik, uh wrote back in the day. He, you know, he's he's working for Waypoint now. And he had that self-realization was like, yo, when it comes to E3 and Giant Bomb bringing in people to sit on their couch and have those conversations and be like, here are people in industry industry you should know. He remembered looking through his own phone book and being like, I don't have brown people in here, so I can't advocate for brown people to be in these spaces when Mm. they should. He did that self-thought. He did that self-analysis and did that conversation. I know that's mm. not happening in streaming spaces because one, management is like, nah, don't do it. Two, right. the brand right. is like, nah, don't do it. And you just right. know that those parts are, are, are in that conversation. So I feel like, you know, you've seen wow. great outfits in the court and they've been doing this work um, even even more so during Black History Month this, this year. Massive yeah. shout out to the folks over the cookout who have been doing such yeah. good work um, spotlighting and making sure yeah. that they're putting people out front. Um but it is it is one of those things where you, I'm sure that there are people who are in their ear saying, uh-uh, you can't do that because there's a like but, you can't but, make that move. But but it's the you know, that's been happening for longer than we've been alive, yeah. right? It's I start a company, I'm gonna sell my company, I'm gonna keep some mm. shares, but I'm gonna sell it to my friend. And we're just gonna keep building and building until, you know, we have the super team model, the Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, right? Um you know, and, and that's the model that's being repeated even in the gaming space, right? You know, like Ninja, Glad, Dr. Luca. Mm-hmm. But it's like, why, right? It doesn't, you know, if you're friends, cool, right? And, you know, matter of fact, that may be a bad analogy. I'll, I'll give you one like this. I played that. I'm a big Destiny yeah. person. I'm on Destiny nonstop. Yeah. Um, it, it's a major part of my life. Um, sometimes people in my clan don't want to play. They don't want to raid. They don't want to do Crucible. They don't want to <laughs> do, you know, Gambit. Right, so you know you LFG it. You, oh, you just throw yourself out there. You join a fire team. You may get on there with a bunch of whack jobs. You may get on there with a bunch of cool cats. Right, but even joining that fire team, large more, more so than less, you do people that's willing to teach right. people. You know, to to, to and, and and will give you props and credit. Oh, yo, wow, you you actually a good a good gamer. Join our mm-hmm. clan, right? We'll play with you. You can help Sherpa some stuff for us. Like, you know, and, and those stories do exist and those people are out there, right? But the people that, to your point, these brand managers, managers, like, they're like, you, know, you can't go play with them. You can't be seen mm-hmm. with them. You have to be this way. And I'm not even mad. I'm not even going to fault the players at this point because I'm pretty sure they have some, some probably don't. They do have a diverse cast of people that they play with, they play against that are better than them, that they will advocate for and amplify and give credit to, uh, especially when the credit is actually due. Um, but they're being told not to. And because it's such a business now, you know, it has to look this way. It has to sound this way because we got to get that investor money. We got to get that brand mm-hmm. money and that brand. I mean, you know, you can't, you know, but it brings me back to like you name the sport. We dominate. Right. You name the right. the the you you name the genre of like, I mean fashion streetwear is luxury right who made streetwear what it is us right, right? the counterculture community the counterculture right you know the, the subculture I mean it's us we always make everything cool but at the pinnacle of it the people that get the awards the people that get the spotlight the deals 
It's never yeah. us. We're, we're not in those positions. Maybe one of us. Maybe one of us. But once you get there, they tell you, hey, you're here. You can't talk about them yeah. no more. Yeah. Right? You with yeah. us now, yeah. right? And some people fall for it. Others don't, but some yeah. people do. I mean, it's know? been interesting. Like the, the, the cool part about what I'm seeing in the esports space has been you have the first person shooter space. You have the kind of like uh, I, Overwatch, Overwatch. I kind of put it in its own kind of category, even though it is in that same space. Yeah. The um, the one place I see that has been continuously and constantly doing the work, but also makes the least amount of money is the fighting game community. The fighting game mm. community is one of the most diverse um, uh, communities on the planet. I would even say that if you were thinking about, you know, that Time Magazine piece that had Ninja mm. as the as the gamer of the year, person of the year, whatever it may be, that yeah. also should have gone to another person. That should have gone to Sonic Fox. Sonic Fox no is doubt. a gay black furry who will bust yep. your ass in every fighting game that's on the planet, multi Destroy multidisciplinary uh, 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 kinds of kinds of work that you have to learn to be able to play each one of these fighting games in a different in a different um, uh, yep. game, and Agreed. is doing it for years on end. He's still competing. He's young and he's still competing, yep. and he still has headroom to, to to continue to continue to grow. The That's conversation right. around the fighting game community has always been one in terms of they're not mature enough yet. They don't have enough um uh, uh like on camera personality stuff to to do it and they also don't have enough actual funds to go into and resources to make that uh thing grow in the way that it should it's older than all these other games it's been around longer has a longer reach and a longer grasp but we're not seeing anything in that space it- well that's actually i mean that's a great point and i think that's like segue into like the work that I sort of saw um, I could do in the space. Yes. So I'm glad you brought that up because one of the things that we want to do is create a black gaming fund where we get a collective of African-American interests um, so we can start funding our own people and their operations and their dreams. So, I mean, you know, think about it, 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 think about a Silicon Valley for black gamers, mm. right? And how do we create our own ecosystem where, you know, if you or Sonic or Aaron or anyone in the space that's like, you know, yo, Marv, I got this crazy idea. It's going to impact our community. It's going to help our community. Like, I need X amount of dollars. So we have a collective of people from, you know, brand strategists, influencers, artists, uh, behind the scenes, whether it's sports, uh, you know, movies, television, music, that's like putting money into this fund that we can like allocate to you and your gaming endeavor as long as it impacts our community. So that's one of the things that like I'm developing how to do that, who to do it with, who to partner with. But I think that's going to be one thing that come out over the next year uh, from Huntington Park Studios. Um as well as we talked offline about it earlier, um, I'm definitely developing some kind of short film animation um, of a black and Latino uh, teenagers uh, trying to make a, a majority white esports uh, competitive team. And we're going to tell that story through animation. It's in development. I'm working with some writers, some animators right now, but that's going to be super amazing. And I think, you know, Black History Month sort of jumped out at us. And 
the one thing about me is um how do I enter this space creatively? Yeah. You know, you know, I mean, I, I know it's a welcoming pot in terms of our community, but I know there's still folks in our community that's like side eye, <laughs> right? And anybody coming to the space. Who is you, boo boo? Like, yeah, know, that kind of who thing. Who is yeah. you? What you doing uh-huh. here? You know, why are you uh-huh. here? And it's like, whoa, <laughs> I'm the idea guy, right? <laughs> I'm the, you know, no, I, I won't put this person out there, but I sent an email to a person. Um, you actually know the person. I won't mention hmm? the name. And um, it was about a past thing that that person was doing. And it was so dope to me because, like, as, as someone that grew up in um, the hood and how we use slang terminology, um, when I found a specific term in my research to what I was going to call our business um and our streetwear brand that we're developing to come out with around on what we're doing i'm like wow are you still using this particular moniker um i mean can i help you start it back up um Mm. can i buy it from you and the response Mm -hmm. was like you know you're not a top tier content creator so no and i'm like okay cool but you know here's my resume you know this is who i am Right. right um but cool to each his own um and you know, one of the things I want to do was, again, try to come in creatively. So I called my boy Van Monroe, super dope artist, good brother, good heart, down for his people, um, always trying to tell stories, reimagining, but being very specific around our culture, our people. And he, he said, Marv, you know, I've always wanted to be a video game animator. I've never gotten the opportunity. I've never gotten the invitation. I don't even know where to look to even apply my talents if I did want to design a character for a video game. I don't even know where to go. So once I sort of sent him the list of like, well, here's some of the people that I've found that I think we should elevate and amplify through your creative craft. He was like, man, this is, I've been wanting to do this all my life. So it was one of them divine moments, you know, his passion and his heart and soul was leading in the same direction that my work was going Mm. in. And we just met at the same place. Um, and we still have two more weeks of highlighting folks. But again, like I've always been saying, you know, you know, Black Gamer Month was designed to live within Black History Month. But certainly Black history is being made every day. And we're certainly going to amplify our community, um, Black futures every day beyond Black History Month. You transpose these these amazing uh, Black folks and put them in kind of their, their space uh, they're kind of like best gamer moments and spaces and stuff. And it's, it's super dope. Like, I love the fact that it is something that we're going to continue to see for the next couple of weeks to kind of end out black history month. But it is also one of those things where it again, just showcases just how awesome, you know, paying attention to some of that stuff directly is what's what's been the kind of um feedback from from starting black gamer month and, and showcasing that conversation in that way i mean it's been positive i mean i mean for the people who haven't paid attention who aren't looking with the side eye um <laughs> they've been certainly um supportive uh, it's something different refreshing um nobody really saw it coming um and that's sort of how i like to do my work i don't want you to anticipate what i'm about mm-hmm. to do i want you to just be like oh damn um and digest it um but again, I mean, you know, thank, I'm so thankful to Van um, adding his his talent to my idea and vision. Um, without it, it wouldn't even be. But, you know, this project has opened up so many doors. The conversations I'm having um, with black gamers, black game professionals um, in the gaming esports space, um, even opportunities that's not, you know, d- directly related to my 
the company that I've started or the work that I'm doing, it's like, hey, could you come in and help us do this at XY College? And, you know, it's, it's been so amazing. Um, me and Van are actually talking about creating an actual coffee book um, with more stories, um, you know, deeper animation, uh, deeper stories to go with the animation um, that we'll put out over the holidays. And again, that particular coffee book will be for sale, but that would be the first fundraising project for the Black Gamer Fund that we're trying to create that will go back into the hands of Black gaming professionals and Black gamers for their uh, projects. Oh, that just that just made my heart sing because that's the stuff again. It's like yep. the the conversations that we're constantly having about you know where we need to be. We wind up mm-hmm. doing this thing. We wind up doing this interesting song and dance where folks are worried about just the ability to see ourselves in the space, right? But we're not owning right. those spaces. We're not controlling those spaces right. so that we can continue to have right. that money circulate back into, you know, the communities that we want to continue to build. Um, Indeed. I'm I'm really excited for everything that you have coming down the line. I'm very, very excited about all the projects that you have coming into. And I we have to do some brainstorming too because I have stuff that, that you might be able to absolutely help uh, me get off the ground in that way. Listen, that's my, listen, my, my, you know, at some point in all our lives, we accept our calling and I'm the person that sits up all day and all night and just thinks about creative ways to help other people. And, you know, I can tell you right now, there's been moments I've been flat broke and I've still helped. Right. And that's just who I am. Right. And, and it doesn't matter anyone on social media, like I'm, I, I'm not the famous dude who's not going to respond. Um, if you have a legitimate idea um, and you're not wasting your own time, I, I will give you what I think can help. And, you know, some of it may work, some of it may not, but I'm always going to be the person. It doesn't matter. Blue check, no blue check. <laughs> it doesn't matter how many followers I have on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. It don't matter how many times my name appears in an article. None of that shit matters, right? I care about my three babies. I have an 18-year-old, a 14-year-old, and a 5-year-old. And I care about my community. And again, you know, I want my children to be able to look and see people who look like them successful at the things they're successful at and not be, you know, not feel like they have to be something different to fit in with a different crowd. So that that's my that's my journey in life. And it's like, you know, I'm I'm all about it. So whatever idea you have, you know, I, I'm known as a dot connector. So, you know, if there's somebody you want to get to, if you need someone on the show, like I, you know, I, I know a few people, you know, and I'm always down to help. It don't it don't cost nothing to help somebody. And that whole idea that it does is just a piece of shit. And I wish that it was never sort of bought into the the, the social ecosystem. Just dumb. I can't front that is that is probably the best place to leave it for this episode because I feel like that 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 definitely leaves everyone with an understanding of not only your dopeness but the ability to understand again that like and I love what you shared you were like you know I may not have much at, at some points in my life but I'm still willing to give people help and still willing to help and I feel like that is the ethos Absolutely. of you know how we all get into bigger bigger and better places and 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 really grow this thing in a real way um and and fam thank you so much for rocking with us tonight man i'm i feel i feel hey thanks hey, I, I told um i think i tweeted it before like you were one of the first people to open my ideas with open arms and it, it wasn't hostile it wasn't a side eye it was like hey brother like however i could support let, let's jump in in the sandbox and let's let's build and you know i I would never in my entire life ever forget it like that you know um and 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 i and i I intend to carry that same 
openness to the people that come behind me into the space. You know, I'm never too big to, to you know, you're my brother. You're not heavy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I'm absolutely. And that's, that's what I love about the space right now was like, I remember everyone who, you know, held my hand and walked me through a door. You know what I mean? And it's been like that, right. you know, for the, it's God knows the six years specifically with the, with the show. And then even prior to that, you know, so many wonderful benevolent people who took my ass and was like, yo, you may not know what the hell is going on, but I'm gonna help you anyway. Um, so, right. so give the folks at home, I know what's on the screen, but let the folks at home know, um, who, who aren't watching tonight, um, where they can find more information about all the stuff that you're working on, where they can re uh, get up with you and hopefully help, uh, you build out everything that you're trying to work on. So right now, um, Hunt Park Studios on Twitter, Hunting Park Studios on Instagram. Um, a, a small story before. Um, you heard some of my upbringing. So actually, a few weeks ago, I found out the place I was actually born. I always thought I was born in one part of Philadelphia, <laughs> but three weeks ago, I found out where I was actually born. So while I was building the, the early stages of the company, I just called it Hunting Park Studios because I was born on Hunting Park Avenue in mm. Philadelphia. Um, we're not going to keep that name. Um, we're actually developing a full brand, a brand I didn't need a name. But I felt, you know, as a, 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 as love to my mother um, who birthed me and the place she birthed me at, I wanted to at least start this journey um, by giving credit to the place I was born in for her. So it's Hunting Park Studios. Um, but certainly follow me on Twitter, Instagram, uh, at Marvin Bing. Well, Instagram is spelled differently, M-R-V-N. B I N G. Um, reach out. Let me know what you're working on. Um, I want to dig in. Um, join in wherever I can. Fam, you have a you have a seat at the table whenever you want. Whenever you want to come back to Chicago to come rock with us and rock with all the fam uh, here in in our lovely land of Chicago, we would love to have you back and talk more about all the stuff you're working on, about the state of the world, about all those things. I may I may bug you, although although tonight may not be the night because I gotta I gotta eat some food at some point. Um, but I got to get you on um, some more thoughts at some point. Uh, that's our secondary show. We talk about all the other stuff that goes on in the world, too. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll bug you about all that stuff. And if you're uh, checking out the work that we do here, you can get those episodes on patreon.com slash spawn me for two bucks. Uh, you can get those things a, a little bit early uh, and, and, and rock that out on on your feeds. Um, before we get up out of here. Um, I'm going to tell everybody at home and in podcast land, you are definitely going to want to be here again at twitch.tv slash spawn on me next week. Thursday, we will be on the front page of Twitch. Uh, we're going to almost, we're almost ending out black history month because we'll be the 27th. Uh, and I'm sure there are going to be some folks on the 28th rocking as well, but we're going to close out black history month for Twitch. Interestingly enough, we started it out when they first started doing the black history month, uh, streams and featuring, uh, people of color. Uh, a couple years ago and now we get to end it out so it feels fitting uh, that we're going to be able to do that work next week and rock uh everybody's faces off with some gameplay and some interviews and all that cool stuff so uh remember to, to come back through and come and hang out with us there um and again thank you for rocking with us this week and every week i really do appreciate all the wonderful kind words that people have shared about the show in the past couple of days it really does lift me up in good ways uh, when I'm feeling down and being like, yo, I'm sick of seeing Bloomberg's face on my TV. Thank you so much. For, <laughs> thank you so much for sending me a good tweet and all that good stuff. Uh, so until then, we will say peace. We'll see you next week. Much love. And we out. <laughs> <laughs>
The Spawn on Me podcast can be found every Tuesday on all podcast platforms and Portland Radio at xray.fm at 107.1 slash 91.1. You can find us live every Thursday on twitch.tv slash Spawn on Me. If you want to reach out to us on the show, you can hit us up on our site, spawnonme.com, where you can find all our social media information about our Twitter, Instagram, and everything else alongside our contact page if you want to reach out and shoot us a message or a business inquiry. Much love to you all. Thank you so much for listening every week. And we say 